This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Hello, everyone. Jeff Hancher here with another episode of the Champion Forum Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing best practices around being intentional with leading a company culture. You know, company culture is a very critical aspect of business. And creating the proper culture will afford you the opportunity to recruit top talent as well as ensure employee engagement. They go hand in hand. If you lack the proper proper positive culture, what you're going to find is you're going to run into great risks of employees not finding value, true value, in what they're doing. This will not only lead to turnover, but it's going to have substantial negative impact on the overall health of your business. I recently read an article that stated that according to a research uh, that was done by Deloitte, that 94% of executives and 88% of employees believe that a distinct corporate culture is important to a business's success. Pretty amazing statistics, very high percentages. Here's what else the survey found, is that there is a strong correlation between employees who claim to feel happy and valued at work and those who say their company has a strong culture. Look at those similarities. Look at those comparisons. A very compelling business case. It should come to no surprise as well that companies that are typically on the best places to work list, they also have great business success. The organizations that I have found with the greatest success are also the ones that typically create a very strong and positive culture. This helps their employees perform at their absolute best. David McLennan is in studio with me today to bring value to this very critical subject. So welcome to the Champion Forum, David. Thanks so much, Jeff. It's uh, such an honor to be here, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Great, great. So so audience, let me tell you a little bit about uh, David McLennan. David is the president and founder of Impact Leadership, and prior to starting Impact Leadership, he spent over 30 years in the insurance and employee benefits industry as a general agent, broker, consultant, and wellness compliance expert. He's also been part of several entrepreneurial uh, endeavors, including wellness technology, a compliance company where he was instrumental in driving their explosive sales growth. So this this gentleman knows a lot about what culture is. He formed this company in 2015 to help adopt other leaders through habits that empower them to achieve greater levels of success, add strategic visions, accelerate business growth, and everything that comes with world-class leadership. He's also a certified John Maxwell team executive uh, and high-performing culture consultant. So he is absolutely the right guy to have on the Champion Forum. But he has something on his resume that is coveted and something that I have set as a, a big goal. David has also shared the stage with the one and only John Maxwell while he was in South uh, America and when they, they did some leadership talks together. Uh, but maybe one of the most coveted things that David is proud of, he's been married for over 30 years and the father of five children. He's also a recovering triathlete, as he says, and loves an active and healthy lifestyle. So David, once again, great to have you on the Champion Forum. Thanks so much, Jeff. It really is a pleasure to be here. And and I'm always excited to talk about culture. Um, It's one of the things that really drives me. And I think it's an an important topic that so many times uh, doesn't get um, the, the practical aspect of how to do culture and how do you create that culture. It is a it is a taboo kind of a subject, and uh, I think companies are 
Uh, whether they're adopting it or not, uh, they're thinking about it. Uh, everybody's on a different journey to create culture, uh, which we're going to unpackage a little bit. But I got to tell you, a very impressive resume. Uh, when I had a chance to meet you and we were introduced by a mutual colleague and, you know, I started uh, checking you out on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. I thought, my goodness, like, this is somebody that we really need to have on that can add a lot of value to our listeners. So you've been in the corporate world. Um, you've been in the world of startups. Mm-hmm. You've done your own entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, it's safe to say that you have experienced thriving company cultures, mm-hmm. probably as well as those that uh, maybe weren't thriving and maybe even toxic. Um, and I know even in, in uh, working with some of my colleagues, some of my peer group uh, that work uh, in different companies, I've, I've seen both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen the benefits as well as the setbacks that culture can create to an organization. So you have had a lot of this experience. You are a teacher of corporate culture. You help companies uh, develop. You build business cases around uh, company culture and what it takes to do it well. So if you had to tell our listeners or somebody on this pursuit or in this journey, why is company culture so important? You know, it's interesting. Um, Every CEO that I talk to has... um, at their at their core, they really want to execute on their strategy. And so in order to execute on their strategy, they have to have people that are engaged. And, and the only way you can have people that are engaged is to really be intentional about developing a culture where people really feel like they're a part of the why. They're part of the uh, the why of the organization. And so um, it's there's been also so many studies done where um, a strong company culture drives a strong bottom line. And so it, it, they really are correlated. So many, so many people forget that, or perhaps they haven't seen that. And they think that culture sometimes is this soft uh, topic, but it's, it's really uh, impacting the bottom line. So, so you're saying it's more than uh, pinatas and cotton candy, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, no, no uh, ping pong tables. Yeah, right, right, right. We see a lot of that out yeah. there as well, right? Nothing wrong with that. No, but that's, no, bring but that's it not on. culture. I, I, I enjoy around the ping pong, but I couldn't agree with you more. There is a business case to culture, um, whether it is studies that we've seen, like I referenced from Deloitte, mm-hmm. uh, and many of the top companies, uh, look, do a survey. I know that Ken Blanchard did a survey many, many years ago about the correlations of great leaders and great businesses and environment. Um, I also thought, uh, I, have you ever read the book Fish? Uh, no, uh, I've not. The, it's an amazing book. Actually, the forward is by Ken Blanchard, okay. and it's basically about this fish company. Uh, talk about a tough environment to create a culture like right. nobody enjoys coming to work. There's dead fish. It stinks, all this stuff. And it talks about how they create a culture, a fascinating read. And so I, I th- I've witnessed many organizations that are in various phases of their journey, um, as I referenced earlier, but that pursuit to world-class culture. And there are those that I think uh, they're doing nothing. Uh, whether it's from a lack of care or sometimes it's a lack of knowledge, uh, which obviously is where you would come in, David. But uh, that's a dangerous place to be, a lack of care. Yeah, I know it's out there, but it's really not for us. Our industry uh, really doesn't uh, – my employees really just wouldn't go for it. We're not that kind of a company like a fish market. And there, are, I think there's those folks that talk about it, but they're not being about it. There's that uh, group of people as well. These are the people that have the culture uh, poster. Mm-hmm, uh, you right. have the uh, the C levels that are doing video shoots about culture and you know employee engagement, and uh, these are wall type uh, organizations. But then I find that there are these organizations that uh, they're being about it, mm. and it's infectious. 
uh, throughout their organization. So if I were to ask you about those different scopes, what would you say separates the good companies from world-class companies on this subject matter? Yeah, I often will say that uh, good companies have good culture by chance, but world-class companies have world-class cultures by design. Mm. They're very intentional about mm. it. So they're very serious about it, and they're very intentional. They, they protect their culture, but they also have practices that they employ within the organization to, to really help it be spread throughout the DNA of the organization. So when I say practices, uh, I use a, a, an eight-step framework that starts with defining the culture in terms of behaviors. Nothing wrong with values. I love values. But, but, but defining our culture in terms of behaviors is really where it's at. And that's really what I see differentiates a, a, a good company and a world-class company. That is well said. You know, I'm thinking of a leader that I admire greatly. He always will ask me this question, are you good or are you lucky? And <laughs> yeah. uh, I always tell him, look, I'll take both. Right, right. right. <laughs> but, you know, I think you make a very good point about good and great. Great is intentional. Good uh, might be chance. It could be luck. Anybody that is uh, leading an organization, uh, you know this, luck is not a strategy. That's right. Intentional is a strategy, and building world-class culture is no different. So, Dave, we know that uh, creating world-class culture doesn't just happen on its own. We just talked about it. It's intentional. So who's responsible? You know, I think a lot of times we think – Look, it's the executive team. Uh, they've got to own this. And there's probably a part to that. But I'd love your, your feelings and your thoughts on whose responsibility is it to drive culture throughout an organization? So I, I think the ultimate responsibility is at the CEO level. So the CEO, the president, or the owner, that's the, that's the, the place where culture really starts. They are responsible. However, and this may surprise you, but I think everybody is responsible for the culture. But the CEO sets the course. The CEO sets the tone. Uh, the CEO and the executive leadership team have to come together and really be able to um, navigate where what kinds of behaviors are going to be acceptable in the organization. Not just acceptable, what, but what kind of behaviors are going to drive success for the organization. So ultimately, it's, it's the CEO. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it is, it is tone setting, uh, but I think not only setting the tone and having the posters and the videos – But the greatest organizations that I've seen, and I have seen some firsthand, executive leadership walks the talk. Yes. And I think that's critical. Now, to take you on a little tangent, maybe go down a a different road, um, what if you – talk to the audience, talk to the person listening today that maybe they're in a situation that – uh, they are in a part of an organization that is a poster on the wall, meaning they're, maybe they're part of a bigger organization and uh, the resources are there, the marketing team did their job, but man, it just hasn't come from the corporate office the way that it should. I always call, uh, I always call out leaders at a local level or a branch, if you mm-hmm. will, to say not only is it corporate's job uh, to create vision, but it's your job to carry it out. So sometimes it's the other way around, and I call that creating the culture within the culture, yes. creating your brand on your team. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody maybe that is leading a team and it's not coming from the top down? How would you encourage them to build it at the local level? I would say you know, take, take the matters in your own hand. Be, be intentional. 
Here's what I would do. I would say, you know, identify, take your leadership team. So if I'm a branch manager or I'm somebody that's leading a team, take my inner circle and I want to define what drives our success. So what is it that is driving our success? Maybe it's uh, behaviors like being a fanatic about response time. Maybe it's practicing blameless problem solving. Create those, those and articulate those behaviors for your team. And by doing that, and in essence, you're creating your own, what I call fundamentals. They're fundamental to your success. So any behavior that is going to drive your success is is going to be something that you want your team to, to focus in on. So I would say be intentional. Again, if you're the leader of that team and you're just, uh, I say just, but you're a local uh, manager, you're a local leader. Take matters into your own hands and and create that culture within the culture. Because when you when you create and uh, define those behaviors of success, then you're going to be raising the awareness of all of the people within within your team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think you know, on that note, it's one thing to see the value in it; it's another thing to carry it out. Yeah. Because I think what a lot of companies do well is the launch yeah. uh, of the vision, the campaign. Right. Uh, what you do for companies specifically, David, is you're there for the journey. Right. Um, and uh, so uh, if you're out there, and I'll let David speak to mm-hmm. what he does later in the episode, but, you know, this is an opportunity to tap into a resource like that. You know, as leaders, uh, one of the wisest thing that you can do is seek great counsel, uh, find out what you're not good at, and find the resources to help somebody with the journey. But not being good at it or not knowing how to get to where you want to go is not an excuse for not doing it. Creating culture is critical to your business's bottom line as well as employee satisfaction and something you absolutely have to own. So we know um, we've uncovered being intentional about driving a culture is key and a, a critical component component to creating that culture seems pretty simple to me. Like, hey, be intentional, right? Uh, we're good. But in your experience, you've seen um, people that want to be intentional. They start down that path. But sometimes you might also see some resistance, as I have, specifically at the C-level um, or maybe a business owner. What holds them back from being intentional about culture? Why doesn't everybody do this? You know, I think in, in, in my experience, there, there's two things. Number one, um, if they say they're going to do something and then it just kind of fizzles out or they don't carry through, then it's just another you know initiative that that was on the drawing boards. They started it and it fizzled, and, and so I think that's one thing they're scared of. The second thing is is nobody teaches this in business school. Nobody tells you right. how to. It's not a spreadsheet. You can't sit there and, and calculate the you know the the, the ROI on it. So uh, I really think that there's there's a couple of those things in play. Number one, they don't want it. To, to just go out and, and put this uh, initiative out there and then have it fizzle. And then secondly, they don't necessarily how to know how to do it. And I guess if I could think maybe even of a third thing is we've got human behavior here and humans um, take a little time to, to create habits. And so um, one CEO that I talked with one time basically said, you know, I know we have to do this, but I am scared <laughs> to death because right. as soon as we articulate a behavior and I don't live up to it, man, I'm toast. And the interesting thing is, is that I told him, I said, you know what, if you, when we do our employee rollout, when we, when we go and we, we do these exercises with people to, to talk about the behaviors, why don't you just share that exact same thing with them? 
And he did it. I was really impressed. He was very transparent. He was very authentic. And he said, look, guys, we as a leadership team have articulated these behaviors as fundamental. They're foundational to our success. I will be the first to admit that I may not always live up to those, but I want to be accountable and I want to be able to be um, the one who is able to hear feedback. And so I was really impressed with that CEO. And, um, you know, to this day, they're, they're still practicing what I call their fundamentals. I think that's very impressive. I, you know, in my experience, some of the greatest leaders I've been around, they start with the end in mind. They do. Um, yeah. You don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes I think, you know, people, uh, they let perfection cripple their state of readiness. Right. And they, they, they'd rather just not even start because they don't know how to get there. That's right. Start with the end in mind. Like, this is how I see this thing finishing. I also think that transparency and leadership is valued. Uh, because, uh, look, we're human beings. And I think, uh, you know, the rank and file see that as valuable. Uh, Transparency is absolutely a dying art in business. Everybody is trying to be something that they're not. But when it comes to culture, it almost supports uh, what you're trying to do, whether it's through uh, employee engagement, you know, creating a diverse workforce, so many things that are tangents of creating world-class culture. So, uh, David, we have a very, speaking of diverse, we have a very diverse audience uh, that listens to the Champion Forum podcast. So what advice would you give those listening that want to be intentional? They want to create a positive, thriving culture. They just, they're not really sure where to begin. Mm-hmm. And this could be uh, the leader that's starting his own business and has five employees. It could be uh, the C-level uh, it could be somebody that's in a Fortune 500 company and the execs just haven't got on board yet and they want to do it on their own. Is there a systematic approach that you would recommend? What's the approach that you would give to that leader that wants to be intentional? Yeah, I I, I always start with defining. And so if we don't know the target that we're aiming at, we we aren't going to hit it. So define those things, those behaviors that you see people doing that really contribute to your success. So oftentimes what I would, what I would say in a, in a facilitation meeting with us, with a senior leadership team is that think about that person that's on your team that is just a rock star. You would love to clone them. If you could clone a human being and clone that person, that's the person you'd want to clone. And what do they do? What do you see them doing? Well, they're, they're, they're a generous li- listener. They listen generously. They speak straight. So articulate some of those behaviors. And so begin writing those things down. Um, I, I usually will take the senior leadership team through that kind of a process where we define the behaviors. But um, secondarily to that, then it's really important to have some kind of of what I call rituals, some kind of cues, some kind of regular cadence within the organization so that you are articulating and talking about those behaviors all the time. Um, When I take a a, a team through a systematic approach, it's kind of like a rhythm. So if they have, let's say they've identified 26 uh, fundamentals, 26 behaviors that are fundamental to driving their success, we're going to take one of those a week. And so they're going to get through those that whole list twice a year. So one of those a week, every meeting that we start in the in the company is going to start with a brief discussion of that fundamental of the week. So by defining your behaviors first and then having some mechanism, some cue and some cadence, I call it a ritual, um, 
to, to be able to practice, that's, that's the real key. If you, if you get those two things down, right. Um, you're, you're 75% of the way there. Uh, a shameless plug to a prior episode, visionary leadership. Um, yeah. I, great visionary leaders, they deliver their message ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah. And culture yes. is absolutely one of those things because if you're not continuing to deliver the message, yep. it's jelly of the month club. Absolutely. Like here today, yeah. gone tomorrow. Right. And so, and that has to foster throughout the leadership uh, in the organization. And if you're that local leader that's looking to do this with your team of five, six, seven, yeah. again, I think it's repetition. Like absolutely. this is what's important. I think the other thing that that uh, repetition and a systematic and intentional approach to culture does is it keeps you in your lane absolutely, uh, and it keeps you from going out of bounds because now you've created vision. Um, you've created a, a vision statement, a principal objective, whatever it, and it all pigtails off of those pillars. I call them mm-hmm. of creating a culture right. that way. Everybody knows. And now behavior is tied to culture. Ethics are tied to culture, how we hire to your yes, point, exactly. what's the perfect, uh, employee look like yep. it can change exactly how you recruit and how you interview candidates. So there's a lot at stake here, leader, in uh, in taking this very seriously. So don't let ignorance or lack of knowledge be the excuse as to why you don't move forward in this space. There are resources out there. David is one of those resources, and there's plenty of those that are out there. So being intentional and investing in creating culture, uh, you have to know it's going to create uh, a lot of buzz. Uh, it's going to take a lot of effort on your part. And oftentimes, a lot of resources. There will be investments. But I can promise you this, just like with all great things, you're either going to pay now, and you might have the pain of your bottom line early on, or you're going to pay later, uh, which will be much greater. Uh, But one way or the other, you're going to pay. So when you're sitting down and you're thinking about what is this going to look like, how can we reignite the culture maybe that we started how do we start from zero and get going? You got to put some thought into what that is going to look like. It will take some time out of your day job, out of the golden hours maybe to create this and be intentional. Uh, but there's significant impact to the business overall. So in your experience, David, maybe you can share some stories about what is the impact, whether it's ROI, maybe it's longevity, uh, success of the organization. What have you seen as some key performance indicators that create return on investment of, of following through with culture? Well, one that comes to mind right now is just lowering of turnover. You know, to, to hire somebody is, is a costly endeavor. And to have a high turnover makes, um, you know, that, that impacts the bottom line. So um, I've seen companies who implement their culture and, and begin then to tie employees to the business because they believe in the why. Not only believe in the why, but they also are feeling like they're a part of something and they feel like they're valued. And when that happens, then they don't just voluntarily leave. So uh, there's a huge impact on turnover, which then again, you know, there's, I know there's all kinds of statistics that we, you know, can look up and, and, and see about the, the cost of a turnover mm. of turnover. You know, I think, you know, the, the, um, the cost, I, one statistic, I think it was like three times the cost of the, the annual salary for, for a hire, um, you know, if you turn somebody over. And so that, that is a big impact. Um, a lot of the companies that um, begin this approach 
do take that long view. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, take beginning with the end in mind, their their end in mind is, hey, we want to have employees for the long haul. And we want to be able to develop our people and help them become the best versions of themselves. Because when they do that, Mm. then that's cold. It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just contributes to the entire organization. So um, there's there's a, a lot of examples of that that I've seen um, in the companies that I've worked with. I've told leaders so many times, and and what what you're saying is absolute truth. I always tell people, I tell leaders when they're looking to hire that people will people will come to your organization for the money and benefits, but they'll stay for the culture. Absolutely, it, it's an absolute fact. Culture creates purpose. Yeah. And that's a that's something deeper than a W-2. Yeah. Uh, people have to believe in what you're doing, what your culture is about. And quite frankly, leaders and anyone listening, it's not about the widget. Mm-mm. It's never been about Mm-mm. the widget. No. It's never been about the thing that you sell. It's never been about the service that you offer. I'm sure what you do is, is great. And I'm sure that it's a, it's a great value to society. But it's not about the widget. No. It's about the environment. And uh, the book I referenced, Fish, I mean, again, if these guys could create a winning culture in a fish company anybody can do it get the book fish read that book it's amazing um and there's there's a business case behind this i heard a leader uh that i admire greatly once say when it comes to hiring when you're 100 percent sure you'll be 60 percent right and that's in a thriving culture yeah (laughs) and when i've had times and i have look full transparency i've had moments where turnover was getting out of hand and i mean i'm just like banging my head on the wall, what is going on? And I could relate probably greater than 80% of them of not being culture fits. So part of training your hiring managers in this is what we're looking for. Because if you get somebody, if you have a strong culture and somebody doesn't line up to that culture, the skill they bring, the talent, they it's really irrelevant because they will weed themselves out. That's when you know you've arrived. Yeah, and I will also tell you too. Uh, one of the part of part of the uh, the framework that I use, uh, it's really the eighth part, and that's accountability. That, quite frankly, is probably one of the leaders' most difficult aspects of a culture, and that is holding someone accountable to the culture. So, what do I mean by that? Well, if you articulate uh, the behavior of, um, let's just say, um, do the right thing. And you have an employee, maybe it's a star employee. Uh, It's typically the salesperson, you know, that person that generates revenue and they don't adhere to that behavior. That, That owner, that CEO has to hold that employee accountable, Mm. even when they fear the loss, the Mm. loss of the revenue. And that's generally when um, I, I can't even tell you how many CEOs I've talked to that have eventually let somebody go. They've, they've deselected them because they don't fit the culture. And when they do that, everybody around them said, wow, it's about time. Yes. So, you know, it's a hard decision, but what's interesting is it's always the right decision. So accountability for those behaviors is is a difficult, I, I get it. It's a difficult decision, but you have to do it. The best leaders make the toughest calls. Yeah. And uh, man, you are bringing some gold today, David. I, I will say, and I, the saying, follow the money, 
it is so true. And especially in business, especially in a, you know, high growth companies and, and you mentioned sales, yeah. it, uh, so many times it will come down to people that drive the money. Right. And you don't allow yourself to be a leader. I don't care who it is on your team. You can't allow anybody to compromise the culture that you're building because as soon as one person does it and you allow it to happen, everybody else, your B players, your C players, everybody else is checked out and it's done. You want to build a a thriving culture, terminate the person that is your A plus player results, but is an F minus in culture. (laughs) And you will see those B players become A really quick and they'll be talking about who was that guy. Yeah, and I often will say, you know, I can tell exactly what your culture is by the behavior that you tolerate. Mm. So if you tolerate that F-minus behavior, that's exactly what your culture is. And everybody else sees that. But if you don't take care of it, and if you're not holding that person accountable to that that higher standard, that you're, you're, allowing, you're allowing that culture to develop. I mean, full transparency, David, flat out, that is just weak leadership. Exactly. Yeah, a lack is. of challenging leadership. Um, and you are, you are allowing the short-term gains to sacrifice the long-term value of what's been built in that organization. Exactly. That is a culture killer. Um, so I have a couple more things, but before we, uh, we start to wrap up, I, so tell the audience maybe if you had to give two or three practical thing, somebody that has the pen and paper in their hand right now, and they're trying to figure out where do I start? Yeah. What are some two or three practical things just to get them started? What yeah. would they be? So I would say I go back to the, the, the first two steps of this framework, sit down and define the behaviors, sit down and define the behaviors, because if you don't define your behaviors that are going to lead to your success and think of them in terms of, of, of verbs, you know, what are, what, what would you, what would you see people doing that, that, um, you can identify that would lead to your success. That's pretty easy to do. Just start writing some of those things down. Things, you know, like, um, you know, practicing blameless problem solving, speaking straight, listening generously, being a fanatic about response time. You know, those are kind of key things. Getting clear on expectations. Um, those are key things that anybody can do. But write them down and 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 set them in stone. Decide which which ones of these are really really important and that really drive your success. So that's the first thing. And a lot of companies will start there. And it's just like anything else. Like if you create a mission, you create a vision, you create your values, and then you stick them on the wall. And that's the last time you talk about them. Then then it's 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 a wasted exercise. So do the extra step. Take one one. take one um, kind of a behavior or, or, or habit and, and create a cadence around it. So for example, right. start every meeting with that, with that whatever fundamental, whatever that is. Yeah. And, and talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. teach your team how to ask a good question to open it up. Hey, what gets in the way of us being a fanatic about response time and then allow your team to, to, to talk. Um, I've also often said that, you know, one of a, a leader who just keeps on talking is really not allowing his team to be able to come up with the, the answers, the best coaches ask a question and then shut up and then start calling on people. What do you think, John? What do you think, Tim? And then, and, and ask those questions, but get, get people talking. You don't have to talk for 45 minutes, talk for two minutes, but those two things, if you begin a cadence and, and create some kind of a habit around that, 
you're you're going to be miles ahead. Great feedback, and I think the, the the leaders that I have found that have the biggest challenges in in getting there are the ones that are the the stoics. Uh, they're, they're, they're tough, but you know, they walk tall and carry a big stick. They don't Mm. want people to see their soft side. Right. Um, if that's you leader and you're listening, you have to, you have to find your place here because your, your organization is suffering, uh, for not getting it done. So get out of your comfort zone a little bit, get the right people around you and foster this environment. Feedback is absolutely critical. Uh, in an earlier episode, I talked about my wife, Janelle, who is an entrepreneur, and every business that she has started, she has created a vision statement. And what, what a vision statement does and what creating a culture does is it allows you to hold people accountable as absolutely. well uh, to the culture. Because these are the, uh, as they say in Monopoly, the don't pass, go, don't <laughs> collect right. 200. Like you can be doing everything right, <laughs> but if you cross this line, yeah. it's done. It's yeah. game over for you. Yeah. Um, having vision around that culture, vision statements, and getting people engaged and going the same way is absolutely critical. Dave, tremendous content today. I know that uh, we'll all be better leaders for hearing uh, the content on today's episode. So if people want to learn more about you or they w- they'd like to take advantage of some of your training, some of the coaching that you do, how can they best reach out to you? Yeah, the best way is just to reach out to me via email, david at davidmcglennon.com. Uh, I would also say uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit, and uh, I use that as a uh, as a platform to, to talk about culture, to engage with people about culture. And um, I'm often uh, either doing a, uh, a, a video on there to, to, to promote culture or some kind of a topic um, or uh, some kind of a post. But yeah, david at davidmcglennon.com is a great place to catch me. So Impact Leadership Consulting, last name is spelled M-C-G-L-E-N-N-E-N. Make sure you reach out to him. Take uh, take his advice and uh, get some of the resources that David has. He has tremendous experience not only building cultures in his own companies, but helping, uh, if we named them, you would know who they were, yeah, uh, building great cultures in some of the companies that are very reputable uh, in, our, in the United States. So... Last question I have for you, David. I end every show by saying to the audience, you have been set up to be a champion in this life. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I shared with you earlier about a, a sign that hangs in my, in my office, and it says, play like a champion today. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, and you've probably seen that sign in some of my videos, because playing like a champion means that I need to practice every day. I need to create the habits of a champion. I need to create thought habits like a champion. I need to create action habits like a champion. And so the the I, the only way that I can be a champion is to practice being a champion. And so um, I, I, I'm a, I, I'm, I am driven by habits. I love uh, creating habits. I, I often tell people I used to never be uh, a morning person. I hated the mornings. Uh, I, over the past four years, I've actually reformed my thinking, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm a part of the 5 a.m. club now. There you so, go. Uh, I, I'm up at five, and I have my morning routine. And uh, so, rituals and habits uh, are are really what being a champion is to me. No question. The resources are abound. You know, one thing that David and I can't teach you, and and you'll never find in a book, is passion. Right. Is commitment, is desire, is uh, discipline to yeah. keep routines. Yeah. 
you know, folks, you got to do your part. David and I, the Champion Forum as a as a whole, is committed to your success. But you've got to do your part, and we'll absolutely fill in the gaps. Uh, David, I, I I consider it a great honor to have you on today. I really appreciate you investing time to be here and to uh, impart some of what you have uh, into this team. Again, take advantage of what David has. Reach out to him on social media. Uh, shoot him an email and give him some feedback and how he might be able to help you further. Uh, look, I appreciate everybody investing time today. Uh, if you found today's message valuable, I'd love to hear about it. It'd mean a great deal to me if you would subscribe to the podcast, rate, review it. Please share it with somebody in your life that you feel maybe they could benefit from it as well. Uh, this is not to be kept to ourselves, but give me some feedback. Give me a review. Tell me what you think about some of the content. Be sure to go to our website at thechampionform.com. There you're going to find some show notes from this episode and every episode that you can review. You can incorporate them into your own personal strategy. You can also share them with your team to incorporate your team in their pursuit to success. You can follow me on social media at the Champion Forum. If you'd like to contact me, you have questions, feedback, you maybe want some additional resources uh, that I can direct you to, you can email, email me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. And until next time, you got to remember this, you've been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.